Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, influencers, changing the world and bringing them onto the show. So today I have uh, Carl Schnitzer, and he dubs himself as an infinite banking expert, and he's a realtor, investor, entrepreneur. Today is going to be talking about uh, family legacy planning, private banking, investing. Um, it's going to be a great show. One piece of advice is uh, this is information is not uh, advice. It's for educational purposes only. Uh, there's no endorsement and uh, results aren't vetted. So please do your due diligence prior to commencing. And I'm happy to welcome Carl on the show. Welcome. Hey, Christopher, how are you? Good. Uh, thanks for coming onto the show. And, um, uh, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, finances, financial literacy um, is really important. And tell us how you got started and we'll go from there. Sure. So I'll give you kind of my, my high level overview of my background. So I actually I started this whole journey when I was a cop. I used to be a police officer here in Philadelphia, which is where I'm based out of. Um, when I was a cop, the district that I was assigned to all around me was construction. I mean, you couldn't turn the corner without seeing people flipping houses and, you know, new construction. And I, I kind of got a real estate bug from that. And I first dove down the real estate wormhole of buying rental properties and buying fix and flips. I, I kind of dove full force into, you know, real estate knowledge. Um, when I was still a cop, I was investing in real estate. I I'd had some flips going on. I started uh, buying rental properties and that kind of all led into what I'm doing now, um, which I'm, I'm no longer with the, the police department. I, I left to pursue real estate and the infinite banking stuff that I do full time. Um, real estate investing led into real estate sales where I got my real estate license. I built up a team of realtors here in Philadelphia and then that kind of led into the investing part of that led into me discovering, and I was actually a client of the owner of my firm for, um, I was a client of the owner of my firm for many years before I actually started working there and, and you know, had a, a book of business of my own clients. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So we'll get, uh, we'll get right into the um, meat of the story. So, you know, essentially, you know, when I've studied the most wealthy People, it's usually, you know, in the past, it was, you know, 
it's either a combination of business, it's either through equities or through real estate. So, and that's how people build their wealth. Um, you know, I'm sure the audience out there is very familiar with real estate and how it's the advantages of that. Uh, for example, um, with real estate, there's so many different ways uh, to make money. Tell us, you know, it looks like you went different ways um, through sales, through brokerage. Tell us more about the different ways. Sure. So, I mean, within real estate, there's many kind of, there's many different routes, you could call it. You know, there's long-term rental investing, there's short-term rentals, there's fix and flips, there's wholesaling, they're building real estate teams. You know, that's an investment of itself of just, you know, a sales team. Um, there's, there's all kinds of different ways inside of real estate. Now, each one obviously has pros and cons. You know, I personally, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners that are physicians would like more more tax benefits. So owning real estate long-term would have more tax benefits than a lot of the, the other routes. You know, that's kind of where I found my niche was in, in rental properties. And I built up a portfolio of several dozen rentals and I've since sold the majority of them off. And I'm just passively investing into different funds and different uh, syndications now, um, just because it was too time consuming for me, which, you know, that probably goes on to something for your, your listeners, you know, every deal, has different people. There could be somebody with, you know, a lot of money and no time, or there could be people with a lot of time and no money. And when you can kind of mix those two parties, you know, you can really, you can create a really good deal and a good partnership because, you know, there, there's a yin and a yang, one person's weaknesses or another person's strengths. So I'm sure a lot of your um, listeners and community, you know, would relate to that in the sense, um, you know, I would imagine there's a lot of income and, and not a lot of time to go out. You know, you got to tour 30 properties just to buy one. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how fast the, the game's changed. And, you know, it's it's um, faster, bigger money. I'm not again, it's this not advice. This is uh, but it's interesting. Um, you the smarter you are and um, it's a, it's about working smarter and not working harder. So, you know, in the past, it was like you had to you had to be a landlord, but then now they have like private equity syndication. It's and it's amazing how you can create businesses from from these uh, different ideas. There's so many different niches within the um, industry. Yeah, you know, I like something you said too before of you know the the families and the people that you study. You see a lot of real estate, and so we at at my firm that I work with, Producers Wealth, we work with a lot of family offices. So when a lot of families hit you know a certain threshold of net worth, they like to establish a full family office. Um, which is essentially just a board of directors that work exclusively for the family, um, all different kind of planning and investment strategy. We see a lot of balance sheets of a lot of wealthy people. And it's it's cool looking at our clients and what they invest in because you know a lot of our clients are you know way further than me um, when, with investing. And I get to see kind of like an inside scoop of here's what this family or this person has done to build wealth and here's what they're currently doing. And we have a partner that we work with who he's worked in the family office space for 20 years. And it's it's always interesting having a conversation with him that, you know, when we when he has sat down with these families, because he worked for a firm that actually built family offices, um, you see a lot of real estate and a lot of business. You know, you, you see some stock funds, mutual funds, all of that stuff, but the the heaviest allocation is real estate and then you know, private equity and businesses. And then we see a lot of life insurance too, because that's you know the the industry that we're in. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a fascinating discussion. Uh, you know, this uh, 
this talk wouldn't be complete without talking about um, interest rates, the economy, the real estate um, market. What are you What are you seeing there? What are your thoughts? You know, um, again, not advice, but you know. Right. So I don't have a crystal ball, and I only say that because there's experts. You know, from a real estate standpoint, there's experts that say, "Hey, real estate's crashing," and I can look at that and I understand their points, and I say, "Hey, you know." They make a really good argument, like it could come down. And then you see the other experts that are that have the equal credibility. They're both, you know, economists with you know Ivy League degrees, and they say, "Hey, real estate's not tanking." And here's why. And I'm like, "Yeah, that makes a really good point too." And I, because I, I get this question all the time from clients, you know, as, as a realtor and people, and I don't know. And, and it's kind of I can understand both points. My personal opinion, you know, what I believe is that. A lot of the population and, and a lot of investors are losing faith in our banking system. Mm. They're also losing faith in Wall Street. Mm. So if people are losing faith in those two places where a lot of wealth is stored, where will people store their wealth? Wealth never dies. It just exchanges hands. Mm. And where will they start to look at is, in my opinion, hard assets like real estate, something they can see and physically touch that, you know, it. Everyone needs food, water, shelter. So real estate's always going to have value to it. Our, our banking and monetary system, you know, people argue has no value and, and it really doesn't uh, other than perceived value. And, you know, with Wall Street too, people are losing faith in that. And, and it, it answers, which this actually is a good kind of segue into to life insurance too that we do of where do you keep wealth? And where do you keep money that's safe and that you can trust? Um, and that's where, you know, we at our firm, our clients like to, to keep a lot of capital inside specifically designed life insurance accounts. Most people don't even understand you, you get a account with a life insurance contract that your money can grow and compound tax-free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of those vehicles, especially insurance where the, the rich, they have a different mindset. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was talking to one of my uh, clients and they're like, you know, they're ultra wealthy. They, um, they know the chance of death is 100% just, you know, when. And mm -hmm. so they buy these insurance contracts with the payout, and then they basically can grow their wealth and also has tax advantage. Yeah. So there's, I mean, within the life insurance world, you know, everyone thinks life insurance debt benefit as if that's the only benefit to a life insurance contract. There's, there's many living benefits as well that you can take advantage of while you're alive. And one of the living benefits is a cash value account. And it's it's just an account like you would log on to any other savings account. And the, the cool part about a cash value account is it, it grows tax-free. So this you know could be a good bucket for physicians that are in a high tax bracket. You know, here's a bucket of capital that can grow tax-free and you still have full access and control over it. Um, and what I mean by that is you can use the funds while they're in there and in essence, Essentially, you can create your money to work for you in two different places at once. So let's let's say an example. Say the you know one hundred thousand dollars in this cash value account, that's going to grow and compound tax free, and there's a guarantee on it. Uh, right now, in the insurance world, you see between two to four percent guarantee, plus you get a dividend. Um, again, that's tax free too. The idea behind it is that you can collateralize these accounts to go make an investment which will allow your money to work in two places at once. So if you have $100,000 in this cash value account, you could then borrow, you know, 50, 60, 70, even $100,000 if you wanted 
and go make an investment in, in let's say real estate while your your hundred that was in the cash value account continues to grow. So you're in essence creating you know your money to work in two places simultaneously. So you know obviously there is a cost to that. There is an interest rate you you can uh, you have to pay on that money. However, we're creating spreads to where you know ideally that investment that you're um, investing in will have a higher return than the cost of interest. Yeah. Um... It's basically what you're talking about is um, private wealth, private banking. And so, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're wealthy, but they're not, you know, they're not at the level of like, um, where you talk about like family, uh, sorry, family, legacy planning, private banking, infinite banking, you know, we touched a little bit on like insurance. Uh, Tell us, you know, tell us around this area, you know, a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. So insurance has been around for over 200 years, this strategy. Um, the, the wealthiest family, if you, you, you look into, you know, some of the wealthiest fam- families on earth, this is essentially what they've done. Banks themselves, they keep their tier one capital in life insurance contracts because they understand the game. They understand, um, the safety of it. You know, the, when, when you say that there people aren't at that level, there really is no level. If you're saving money, it's just a matter of where you're saving money at rather than keeping it in, you know, a savings account or a financial institution, you can keep savings in another type of account. We would recommend at our firm, you know, once you're saving at least 10,000 a year is when you should, you know, consider this. If you're not at that saving of, of 10,000 per year or, you know, 10, 15, even some of our clients, you know, they're saving 50% of their income. Um, and, and then it answers, it solves the problem. Where do you keep that? You know, if you don't have faith in the bank or Wall Street, where do you keep that capital? And that's where this, you know, is really useful for a lot of people um, when it comes to the legacy. So obviously it's life insurance and there is a death benefit. Death benefit is a um, tax-free event. There is no tax on death benefit proceeds. So the way that we we structure a lot of our um, clients' accounts is to have that death benefit go to a trust. That mm-hmm. trust is then instructed to fund the life insurance accounts of any children, child born into that family. So when you look at, um, people call this the Rockefeller method too, of just series of trusts and life insurance. When you look at a, you know, a big cycle, there's premiums go into a life insurance account. That life insurance account has a death benefit. That death benefit goes to a trust that trust pays the next generation's premiums. They have a death benefit, goes back to the trust. And it's just one big cycle that's mm. going to grow and have uninterrupted compound growth. Because since there's a guarantee, these accounts never suffer a loss. Suffering an investment loss is one of the, the big three wealth destroyers. Yeah, this is uh, in basically you're printing money. It's what's called the infinite banking. And, uh, you know, it's also interesting because, you know, when you talk about private wealth, you know, the, you know, people instead of you know they have like savings and you know all of that but then they also have like for example gold silver art jewelry um and then uh real estate as well and then you know i'm, I'm talking to a lot of people and they're starting to uh buy bitcoin as well so that's kind of another asset that they're looking into of course it's extremely volatile but are you seeing anything of that nature yeah we we are um i'm definitely not the expert in, in the crypto space and i i do see a lot with crypto on their back. So I, I oh, go ahead. I am seeing crypto on balance sheets of, of clients. And what, what I'm really seeing is that it's 
an amount they're willing to lose. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, nobody's putting their life savings on crypto, or at least, you know, I, I personally wouldn't, and I, I would never recommend that. But the amount that we're seeing, you know, as an allocation of an entire portfolio is mm-hmm. very small. And it's an amount that they're willing to lose. So whether that's, you know, a couple thousand dollars for somebody or hundreds of thousands of dollars for somebody, it's still the very uh, minuscule part of an entire portfolio. I think crypto, um, depending on the, the crypto asset, whether it be, you know, an NFT, a blockchain or a store of value like Bitcoin, some of it is just perceived value where it's only worth what people are willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, something like Ethereum, I can see an actual use for it or even nfts i can see a certain use for it so i think they would be more i would be more inclined to invest in those types of things versus something with with perceived value yeah it's interesting you know it um because it's a whole uh it's like a it's basically you know real estate you know back in you know uh the 60s 70s you know back then you know um institutions and uh, these family offices were looking at real estate to better their returns because the fees from mutual funds and you know the equities weren't as good, so they were looking for other things. And um, it's interesting to see this new asset class. Of course, you know it's wrought with you know frauds and scams, volatility, speculation, all of that. Um, so again, this is not advice. We're just discussing fantastic conversation, and um, it's really interesting, like how. The wealthy think they really take custody of their assets. They don't put it into, you know, they only put things that, you know, where they can store things, you know, temporarily, but ultimately they self custody, you know, and they control their assets and their wealth and where it goes, the, delving into the mindsets of the ultra wealthy. So yeah. the common thread I see there, and you just mentioned it too, is control. You know, we see all of our clients, the assets that they choose and the types of accounts they, they choose, they have full control over. Um, th- this is one of the, that's one of the biggest issues I have with a 401k or qualified retirement plans is that there is no control. You know, you're, you're investing into another fund and even like, you know, with, with a 401k, your, your partner is the IRS. And unfortunately they have control in, in that agreement. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, I love that, uh, this idea. So how do people contact you, follow you, um, check out your social media and reach out to you? Sure. So I'll, I'll leave you with, you know, links to everything. Um, my website where I have a good, I, I have a good, you know, explanation of this in further detail. It's schedule and that's Carl with a K schedule with Facebook. You know, I'm active on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is just my name. Um, Instagram is uh, Schnitz 93. It's my nickname here. Mm-hmm. And our website for the firm is producers. Yeah. And for all the listeners out there, let's thank Carl for coming onto the show. Really discussing, delving into the mindsets, uh, talking about private, infinite banking, real estate investing, and be sure to check him out. He's on Facebook, Instagram, as well as you go to schedule with Carl for further explanation with visuals. Um, And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the show. Thanks, Christopher. This was fun. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful 
wherever you are listening. If you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.